This is episode 114 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 114 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have another awesome episode. I have Chris Arsenal on the show. And Chris is a guy that would just send me deals on Instagram. He used to just send me these awesome deals that he locked up. He, oh, I bought this property, 100,000 under value, or I bought this property and I got a massive VTB. I had no idea who he was. I thought maybe he was trying to sell it to me. He just kept doing it. So I kind of found out a little bit about what he was doing. And uh, this is a guy that used to be a cruise ship drummer up until the first lockdown happened. Then he pivoted and just started finding real estate deals. He did his first Burr project. He ended up having a spread of nearly $300,000 on that house by the time he actually sold it. And he just keeps finding deals and buying them under market value. He thinks he's lucky. I think that he is applying a really awesome concept and he is applying a lot of hustle. And of course, he is applying skill and knowledge. And uh, it's working out really well for him. So Chris came on to share his story, to share his vision and uh, his passion for real estate investing. And I really enjoyed talking to, uh, to Chris and a fellow musician as well. So I'm confident you're going to enjoy this episode. As always, make sure that you hit the like and subscribe button and the notification bell if you haven't already done so. And then of course, if you are an audio listener, a full review and rating on Apple Podcasts would be greatly appreciated just to help more people find the podcast. So without further ado, let's please enjoy episode 114 with Chris Arsenal. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Chris Arsenal on the podcast today. And Chris is one of those guys that uh, just seems to be hitting the ground running, moving fast. He's always sending me uh, interesting deals he's working on. So Chris, why don't you uh, just do me a favor and, and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm Chris. Um, I'm originally like full-on musician. I was on cruise ships strumming and then uh, that stopped. So I uh, got back here. I was collecting my CERB and <laughs> after that, I decided, yeah, I need to go all in on real estate. So I didn't know about the drumming thing. Yeah, that's, that's my main thing, man. That's who I am. <laughs> that's why I do this. <laughs> yeah. So I can see you got a nice, nice kit in the background there. Yeah. I thought I'd flex the drum kit in the background. Yeah. Gretsch now, you know? <laughs> I bet it sounds quite a bit better than my kit. <laughs> what, what do you got? I have a Yamaha Stage Custom Advantage. I basically thought it was a Stage Custom, not a Stage Custom. Doesn't sound like a Stage Custom. No, eh? it's still got the Yamaha soft or uh, <laughs> hardware. That's which is good. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Anyway, so so real estate wise, you decided to jump in when when the cruise ship thing ended. Um, tell me about what you're doing from an investing standpoint. Okay, so. Uh... I was just working on the burr. I was listening to Bigger Pockets a lot, right? Um, my stepdad's actually uh, a realtor that works with investors and he invests himself. So I had like a great template of, of what to do and just unlimited resource to take it as far as I wanted to take it. Mm-hmm. So in 2018, I bought my first house, primary residence, just the house hacking thing, rented out the basement. Uh, I never knew it was called house hacking. That's just like what everyone in my family does when you buy a house. You slap a tenant in the basement and just made total common sense, but uh, I've had that for a couple of years now. And then when I got back, I found this place that's just off the river, uh, north of Aurelia, like 15 minutes north of Aurelia. And as you know, cottage country went wild. So I renovated that this summer mm-hmm. and yeah, just, it's been going <laughs> pretty decent from there. And then with that place, I bought it for 195,000 in, um, July of 2020. So it was very, very, very run down, like brutal 
but we got it under contract. I called my buddy up, Nick. Um, I was like, Hey dude, I got this place under contract. Do you want to do this with me? Cause I knew he had a great job and he had some money and he said, yeah, I got to go wild and <laughs> renovate the place. And then I spent some money on it. Uh, it took like three months to turn it around. And then, uh, we rented it out and we're watching the market go nuts. And it's like, Hey man, I think we should actually just sell this place. And this is just a month or month or two ago. There was no inventory on the market. So I was like, Hey dude, we should just sell this place. Cause it's getting way too hot. And uh, it ended up selling for $601,000. Nice. So why don't we just walk through that a little bit? So first off, can you describe the property again? Do you say it was waterfront? It, it wasn't quite waterfront. It was, uh, it backed onto this park, which shared river waterfront. It shared like 300 feet of waterfront. Mm-hmm. So it's like this little park with nine other cabins on it or nine other uh, cottages. And I walked on the property. I was like, this place is so sick. I'm, I'm all about this. The vibe around here is great. Um, the house was just super run down. So we had to, had to dive in there. Okay. So what, what is it? Just, just like a bungalow thousand square feet. Yeah. Thousand square foot sitting on like cottage blocks kind of place. It used to be a cabin and then someone tried to winterize it and, uh, and then someone else bought it. And when the second person bought it, they didn't winterize it. They would just close it down for the winter and it would sit. Mm-hmm. So it was, and he didn't, he was from the city, I'm pretty sure. And he lived in a condo. So like doing maintenance on your property wasn't really a thing that he even thought of, but he would just let it sit there. And yeah, I came in and we took it all apart. <laughs> it was like a tongue and groove kind of cabin, just thousand square foot, like you said, and took it all apart, put like new floor joists in, did the whole, redid the whole subfloor, like everything took all the drywall off, kind of went all in. Did you insulate underneath now so it can be four seasons? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we insulated the outside and vapor barriered um, the ground, just stopped that moisture from coming up, uh, put a forced air furnace in, ductwork and all that, and conditioned the space. Oh, okay. Did you do like a skirting on it and then spray foam all around it so that it uh, was an enclosed space? Yeah, uh, we, we didn't spray foam. We used those, uh, what is it? They're like the styrofoam. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just we cut it and then put it all the way underneath. Crawling under there was a lot of fun, but... <laughs> okay. But you did yeah. put a skirt down the sides so that it's yeah. not uh, exposed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. Interesting. Okay, so how much money were you in? So you... Well, hang on. We'll start with purchase. What did you buy it for? Uh, I bought it for 195000 Okay. And uh, renovations, how much? Uh, it was 48000 to reno. You guys did a did a pretty cheap. That's awesome. Oh, Every single deal, every Kijiji find, every Facebook marketplace, every drywall discount, like anything mm-hmm. I could do to save a dollar, I did and yeah. I had to. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I did when I started too. I drove myself insane. I, I you know, I was at the end of it, I'm like, never again. I will yeah, never that, do that again. <laughs> dude, that's exactly what it is for me. I was just like, I never want to do that again. I will just yeah. and now like I, I learned like a lot through your podcast, which is amazing. And like I appreciate your podcast. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, man. Um, but like through your podcast, like I can just like finance and just take a little less and be less stressful, like way, way yeah. less stressful. Quality of life. There was an evolution for me. Like I was so hands-on in the beginning and I slowly started, you know, delegating more and more and more of the site work until I was entirely not involved. And now I'm at the point where I could be in a different country for two months and it's, uh, it's still okay. Things still yeah, keep moving. Amazing, dude. That's um, so awesome. But it, that didn't happen overnight. But yeah, I mean, oh, all it takes is one rental where 
I'd, I'd get back to site from running an errand to go get material that we didn't have. And as I get there, they'd be like, oh, we, we need this too. And literally I'd spend my entire day <laughs> running to and from Home Depot and like cops build all in London. And at the end of it, I mean, I was putting hundred, I had it figured out exactly how many two by four by eights I could fit in my car, my Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> I would just like jam them in there. Um, I was trying to drive a VW. It was the same. You're, yeah. you're describing my summer, man. It's hilarious. <laughs> like how, how many can I fit in here? Little did I know, like all you literally have to do is work with the person in the, in the store, the building material store, they'll do a takeoff for you and they can deliver everything. And if you let them do the takeoff, they'll think of all the things that us newbies, you know, when we're getting started, don't think of. And, uh, yeah, so live and learn, right. That's how, how she goes, but, uh, yeah, for sure. It's funny. Once you go through it though, there's nothing like the lesson you learn by going through it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Never again. Like you said. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, uh, okay. So you were in for about two forty three. then, um, I'm guessing, did you, you did rent it out, correct? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I was, we were going to Airbnb it, but I was thinking, um, if I could find a tenant to go till May 15th and then worry about like refinance, buy another place, work on that and set up the Airbnb for the summertime. Cause that's when people I was thinking would want to Airbnb, but, um, yeah, we ended up renting it for 1950. Okay. We'll get to the rental numbers in a second oh, here. Cool. So, um, did you, did you refinance it? Yeah, we did refinance it. Um, and it came in, the appraisal came in at 400. Okay. 400. And you got 80% of that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's a better than perfect burr, but that's because you did so much work yourself. Yeah, um, for sure. Okay. So yeah, just, just to not uh, breeze past that your very first one. That's all. That's amazing. Right. Like a lot of people, including Matt Pichet and, and rightfully so he will say that, you know, don't, don't try and burr to start flip first and then, and then burr because it's, you know, it's once easier than the other. And it's true because to burr, you have to actually create at least a 20% margin in your project. Whereas to flip, you don't need that 20% margin. If, if you want to do the perfect burr, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So your 400 uh, new mortgage would be 300,000 at 80%. Uh, oh, sorry. That's I think it's 320. Yeah. 320. Yeah. I had to fix my number there. So 320, that means you were getting $77,000 back. Yeah. It's pretty nice. <laughs> uh, that's, that's okay. So you paid out all the money you had into it and then got 77 on top. That's okay. All right. So let's, let's plug in your rental numbers. So you had 1950, 1950. Said? Yeah. That was just going to be for the winter time. Just the winter. Yeah. Oh, well, I was okay. going to, they were going to move out and then, uh, yeah. Airbnb it and run different numbers, but I never even dove into it cause it's, it's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. The Airbnb thing is, is, uh, so lucrative in Ontario. People are just so ready to spend money on that. Yeah. Um, what were the taxes on that place? Uh, I think like $1,100 a year. All right. That's nice and cheap. Insurance? Um, I'm pretty sure it was like 1400 or 1800 Okay. And uh, maintenance, I'll just leave 5% there. Um, you wouldn't have had any utilities. The tenant would have been paying that. I'm assuming you didn't have any management. No. So, that property, uh, 400,000. What kind of rate did you get? I think it was two point or on the refi was 1.5. Man. Yeah. $426 of cash flow. That's yeah, not it bad. Out, it worked out decently as like a, even just as the long term yeah. kind of play. Well, and I had vacancy number in there at 2%. If you zero a vacancy, assuming you have none, then you're like up to 470 ish. And I even buffer in there like a $500 miscellaneous um, 
you know, things that come up. So yeah, you've got a good buffer in there, uh, cash flow. That's the kind of property I want to hang on to, but I, I understand where you're at, where you're just looking at, there's so much equity in this property and you know, what can I do with that? And I, this is what I see from you. You're always sending me these, these things that you're doing. And I'm like, well, he's obviously figuring out, uh, places to put his money. Are you, are you redeploying that? Yeah. So I, we refinanced that and I found another, uh, five unit building. It's like a four unit with two bedrooms, like a two mm-hmm. bedroom rooming area in Aurelia. And I found that one and I was like, Hey, we could put the money there. It's perfect. It's like, this is going to be a great, a great deal. Um, we bought that one for 450,000. Okay. And then, uh, it's got four units. One's a one or three one bedrooms, a and a bachelor, and then there's two rooms that share a kitchen. So it's like five units, but it's really weird. I called the city and I was like, "Hey, like, do you guys recognize this for what it is?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah." The, the one guy at the city was awesome. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, it looks like there's four units in there, two bedrooms, fire fire coded in uh, 2012 or something like that." Yeah, but we, that's yeah, a so unique we re- one for for financing, though. Uh, it it wasn't an issue for some reason um did you do it residentially like with like rbc or something or it was originally it was residentially with uh cibc they took that even though it was four units plus uh two bedrooms rooming yeah it was i i have no clue it was strange <laughs> so cl- yeah, it was clearly strange. they looked at it differently that's hilarious yeah, yeah i was like I, I just sent it over to the guy i was using and he said yeah no it was no problem it looks like it's a fourplex so <laughs> so they just kind of ignored the bedrooms and said it's a fourplex yeah, they must have. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so what was the what was the deal with that one? What were you trying to do? Well, first uh, off, yeah, tell tell a little bit about what it is and then and then how you found it and what your plan was with it. Okay, so I saw uh realtor.ca, same old thing. I saw this house pop up with a like multifamily, like a 10-room rooming house, and I was like, that's really weird. Um so I clicked on it and it looked like the numbers were great, but in the ad it said uh triplex next door or fourplex next door or whatever it was uh up for sale are coming soon so i called the guy right away and i was like hey what about that place next door like i don't want to deal with a rooming house at all but (laughs) i'll uh like tell me about this property told me about it and i was like okay this is great scheduled a viewing before it went on the market and got it under contract before he put it up on the mls Oh, interesting. Yeah. Just, just to not breeze past this rooming house thing. Cause some people won't know what that is. Um, but basically my understanding whenever I'm dealing with it is rooming house would be, uh, the bedrooms are legally rep- uh, recognized as being separate units, but they share a kitchen space. And typically lenders don't like that, which creates an opportunity for guys like you and I, if we know how to get that kind of thing financed, now we can, we can, uh, maybe get a deal and get some really good cash flow. Yeah, for okay. sure. All right, so let's let's crush some of these numbers here and uh, and look at look at what you're getting here. Did you did you plan to renovate this or was this just a buy and hold? Yeah, so there's uh, two of the units are renovated, and then two of them in the rooming kind of area was not renovated, need to be renovated. So I'm working mm-hmm. on the one unit right now. So this is again another burr. Um, okay, it's just in, we're in the progress. What did you buy it for? Four hundred fifty thousand. Okay, four fifty to get you four units plus two extra bedrooms as part of a fifth unit rooming house thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, all right. So four hundred and fifty thousand, and then Reno, what do you figure you're going to be in for? Uh, well, we got it at a pre like probably sixty grand total. All right. Then you closed with CIBC financing though when you bought yeah. it. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So you're going to be in for about five ten. Are you planning on going back to get a refi? Yeah, of course. So they actually uh, appraised it at five twenty five when I bought it. So okay. <laughs> just instant access to money for the renovations. Wait a minute. The bank recognized the higher value. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's awesome. They financed you based on the higher value. I, I refinanced it right away, right out. So I, I closed on it, refinanced it, and got the sixty to oh, just okay. start motoring through the renos. All right. I now that makes sense. So so you basically just went in immediately and got access to that that yeah. uh sixty. So I'll just uh so you're at five ten, you said value? Uh yeah, it should be after the sixty thousand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So five ten. Uh so you guys came in with with uh twenty percent down though. Yep. Yeah. All right. Burr. Even even after, really even after um your your renovations, you're you're still about twenty percent in. Yeah. Well, I think the ARV is going to be a lot higher than the five. Like yeah. So lot. technically you could go back again and refinance it again once you're done. Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. Okay. So when you go back, when it's done, what do you figure it's worth? Uh, well, triplexes are selling right now for 700,000 here. So the goal originally when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, it'll be worth 650. But now, cause the market is the way yeah. it is right now. It's like, okay, okay, well there's purpose built one purpose built totally different con it's not even a comparable mm-hmm. really but it just sold for like 1.5 which is absurd and then you got uh you got triplexes there's no comparables for the fourplexes right now i don't think but uh the triplexes are selling in the 700s right now so if, okay i'm just basing my numbers off 650 like whatever 650 so you're being real work. conservative you're being real yeah. conservative all right well let's just throw let's throw 650 in there and we'll just kind of calculate some numbers based on this so 650 you're going to be so say you do get the appraisal at 650 and you guys can finance it at 80 percent. that means you're getting a five hundred and twenty thousand dollar mortgage so if you're in for 510 you're laughing you're pulling out 10 grand um, of money now granted there are some carrying costs so maybe that nets out to nearly zero yeah but um okay so let's run through what you figure your uh, your rent roll is going to look like so you've got the four self-contained units what are they going to get on average um, so a uh, one bedroom in Aurelia, I can get anywhere from like twelve fifty to fourteen hundred right now. Okay, so we'll just say thirteen hundred because that's fairly round. So how many of those do you have? Uh, there's three of those. Three of those, and then you've got one two bedroom. No, uh, there's one bachelor. One batch. Okay, so, and that one would be what like nine hundred or a thousand. Yeah, yeah, exactly nine hundred okay. to a thousand. All right, and then you've got the two single bedrooms. Yeah, and I rent. I can rent a bedroom like very easily for 700 bucks, seven, seven to 800. That's almost better than the bachelor situation. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it is weird. All right. Let's see here. So yeah, that's an interesting property, but you know, interesting actually can work out in your favor sometimes. So you're getting $6,200 a month in gross rent. Once you're done, you figure. Yeah. Yeah. It should be around that. That's not bad, man. You're, you're crushing it pretty quickly. And this is your second property ever. Well, other than your third. home, other yeah, than your third, home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like I said, hit, hit the ground running. Um, all right, let's walk through some of your, your numbers here. What do you figure your taxes are going to be? Well, first off, did you, did you get a permit for all this work or you didn't need it? I, I haven't needed it. Cause I'm not going to do anything like major okay. in terms of, yeah, it's just going to be like changing okay. out the trim, changing out the, yeah. the kitchen kind of thing. I'm not doing anything crazy. Right. Yeah. I just asked that. Cause if you get a permit, then they reassess your taxes and you pay more. Um, okay. So what are you paying for taxes there annually? Uh, it's 3540. It says right here. And then insurance on something like that, like 2,500 or. 
Oh, it's it's expensive for. I got to. Oh, work because this of out. the rooming component. Yeah, yeah. it's thirty five hundred right now. Yeah, still a good deal based on what you're getting on an annual uh, rental amount. <laughs> yeah, but sure. uh, okay, so maintenance. I'll just leave five percent in there, unless you think it should be higher. Throw it at ten. Yeah. Okay. Why not be safe? Yeah. Never know. You might have some more stuff. Um, okay. So on something like this, you're probably going to have to do snow removal and landscaping. Yep. Um, what do you got for that? Um, oh, it was like 20 bucks a plow. I think, yeah, I'm not too sure. Like annually I would for something like that. I mean, it depends on how big your lot is. How big is the lot? Oh, it's huge. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty substantial. So you might be 1500 bucks a year between both, yeah. maybe, maybe 2000 if you're not getting a great deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we'll just say 1500, if we want to be conservative, we'll say two. Um, doesn't sound like you're paying that much up there though. No. no okay. Crazy. So looking at your numbers here at 80% of, we're going to stick with 650, although it seems like you're going to get more. Um, you're going to, what interest rate you figure you're going to be able to get? They're up a little bit now. Maybe um, two, two, and a, two and a bit. I'm still getting 1.5. So, but they, yeah, they've but two improved a, it already. Uh, not yeah. for the refinance, but I yeah. just purchased something that was at 1.5, but put it at two. Gotcha. Whatever. So we'll throw it at two just in case. Yeah. This property, two, uh, 2% mortgage, 30 year amortization. You're going to be, it looks like, 2800 in cash flow <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> see this is like ontario people don't really know cash flow anymore it's like what's that it's amazing uh, man you only need like two, if you have four of those properties you, you have like that that baseline of everyone's like oh if i can get like 10 grand a month cash flow like if you have four of those properties yeah, only you got four. it you got it yeah you got <laughs> it that's that it's really challenging to find that unless you're creative so we're gonna we're gonna expand upon this but dissecting this total return if we look at your pay down over the first five years there'll be about sixty seven thousand. so average that's about thirteen thousand five hundred a year uh, appreciation if you got three percent which we're doing way more than that you'd be about 20 grand a year and then your cash flow is about 35 grand a year so you're returning $67,000 based on something you got nothing into, which is already, already done you a real solid. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, can't, can't calculate a return on investment there because there, there is no investment other than your time. For sure. But yeah. uh, that's a nice looking deal as well. So this is what I mean. Like you were sending me this stuff. I'm like, this guy seems quite sophisticated for a guy that just started. Like the things that you understood, the way you were approaching deals. I don't see that that often. Um, usually it takes a little longer before you refine some of those those finer details in your own mind. What, it, what do you figure did that for you growing up in sort of a real estate family with your dad in the business? Yeah, for sure. My, uh, my stepdad has been doing this forever. Like he's got like a couple hundred units. I'm pretty sure. So, so like, you, I can, can you just ask him any question you have? Oh, <clears throat> I've literally just been living it at his house in the basement. Just cause like, I just like, well, you know what? I'm just going to rent. Like I'm listening to your podcast, like bigger pockets. I've listened to like, I think like, I don't know, 60 of your podcasts, like just blew through them this summer. Like, I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just literally, I just like, you know what? I'm going to rent out the upstairs at my house and uh, move into the basement just for a little bit here. And like every single, cause he loves a deal more than I love a deal. And I love a deal. So every single time I get a question, I just go upstairs like, Hey, blah, blah. What about this? What about this? And he'll start pinging back and we'll just get into it. And my mom will get pissed at us for talking real estate 24 seven, but <laughs> same with my brothers and sisters. Like, what are you guys doing? But it's just fun. I don't know. Yeah. It's great. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, 
I, uh, that sounds like when I'm talking about real estate with uh, my wife, not her, but like her mom, like we'll just, me and her mom will just talk real estate and, and then she'll uh, eventually get mad. Can we just not talk about real estate anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's very familiar. Yeah. It's very familiar. I'm like, but this is what I like to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the deal, hon. Think about yeah. the deal. <laughs> It's not even, yes, the deal is something, but I, I just get like so fired up when people like just create like $10,000 and, and like they change their lives. And I think to everything I was taught growing up and I'm just like, I love that. I love, oh. I love being unrestricted. And now my thinking is it, it, it almost like justifies my position when I said, I don't want to go get a job. I don't want to do these things. I want to create something for myself. I want to do it in real estate. And then when I hear people do that, I'm like, Oh, that's validation. Yeah, so I get, yeah. I get real into it. And I like any entrepreneurial story. Like when I hear somebody like I graduated with started a company and made millions, I'm like, well, that's pretty darn awesome. So yeah, these things I could talk about all day long. Yeah, for sure. It's a huge fire up. I, I love it as well. Like I'm a musician and it's the same thing growing up, the same thing you hear, we all know what you hear growing up. And then it's just the idea of like, oh, like, wait, you can create a financial future for yourself through real estate that is like very nice. Like very, you it's, it's as far as you want to take it. Yeah. And like someone such as yourself, like anytime I'm talking to somebody who does that, I'm like, man, it's awesome. You do that. You know, you should get into real estate on the side so that you could just keep doing that forever. Like, you know, because oh, you'll course. never get, you'll never get wealthy if you just play on a cruise ship, right? You can, yeah, no. you can live a good life. Yeah. And, but then when you stop, you got nothing, nothing to fall <laughs> back on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, whereas you do what you're doing now and then, you know, say things do open up again, you can go back to doing that and have your real estate paying you. And now you're just working for fun, yeah, which is just... the best reason to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with you. 100%. I'd rather work for free and get paid to do nothing. That's I forget who said that, that that's somebody famous said that. And I'm like, that is the smartest thing. ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a hundred percent. I agree with it as well. It's just, yeah. Do what you love. Yeah. I used to play, I used to play in, uh, every Friday night and Sunday night at a bar in London. I used to play, uh, oh, right on. guitar what and bar? sing, uh, the barking frog. Okay. Yeah. We played at Winks a few times too. Nice. And, uh, eventually, well? yeah, sing, uh, play guitar. We used to play actually basses, split the set. I'd play half bass, half, half guitar. Right um, on. London has a great music scene they, as well. It, it was really good. Yeah, I hope, yeah. I hope they can get it back. Yeah, uh, eventually, amazing. we got into doing original music and and played, you know, hard rock and Rivoli. And what's the other one? Horseshoe in Toronto. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. That's always what I wanted to do. But then eventually, you know, life gets busy. People have kids and it's like, okay, that's not happening anymore. So <laughs> yeah. props to you, man, for, for actually doing that. Um, that's like living the dream. I guess you felt like you. I guess you felt like you had a fallback, though. Like your dad, you know, stepdad, knowing knowing real estate the way he does. Like, did you did you kind of see that? Hey, I could always, you know, I could always jump into that and and get into. Yeah. Well, my thing was always like I could make decent money on these ships, and then like my idea before, because I never like pinged these ideas off. I was just like, he's just your stepdad, like whatever. Like you know, he's just he's doing his thing. He has his rental, like yeah, whatever. And I, I thought like, oh, I could just save up money on these ships, and like every year just save a chunk of change and have a down payment, and then buy a house, and then go back and do it again, and just do that, like just acquire rentals that way, because like I was seeing what it did for him, and it was really good. And then I re realized once COVID happened that like, cause I started listening to your podcast and bigger pockets and all this, that like, you don't, 
<laughs> you don't need to do that. You can, <laughs> if you're finding good deals in these bird deals, you can just mm-hmm. borrow against them and keep it rolling. And then I started talking to him, like you would bring up an idea and then I would bring that idea up with him and he'd be like, Oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like 10 different perspectives, like boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. But I'd never thought of, or like didn't hear. And I was like, wow, like this, this is an insane resource not to be taken full, full advantage of right now when I can't work. It's really funny. I had, I had a guy um, that I've known for years. Uh, he actually is uh, uh, Tyler. If you're listening, uh, <laughs> I'm shouting you out. So uh, he, he, we just talk at parties and stuff. He always, always interested in the real estate investing. He's more on the finance side in Toronto. And, uh, he just started listening to it. He's like, Oh, like I forget how he put it, but he's like, you're basically teaching people how to like print money through real estate. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, it is, it's a, it's a funny thing. And I, I gave an example when I was on 30 minutes to wealth. And I actually put that as one of the episodes because I, I just think it's really important. Like in Ontario, pre lockdown, pre all this crap, um, if you were say buying stuff at 500,000, you could with some pretty, pretty big degree of confidence proceed and assume that in 30 years, your property is going to be worth, you know, at least a million, but I mean, more realistically, multiple million (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, you'd know on a 30 year mortgage, you're going to pay it off. So if you could just break even and not sell the property, you made yourself a millionaire one time over with one property. What happens if you do that 10 times? And um, there are some that would do what you described and say, let's save it up and let's, let's just try and acquire all that money. And then what, then we'll buy, but you can't save fast enough to match the inflation of the property (laughs) values. No. And uh, this is where the bird, you know, it's like, it feels like everybody's doing this, but I don't really think that's the case. I just think it's everybody in our circles because that's, all I see on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, it's just it's people same here. This. People just crushing it too. Yeah. Like deal. Like I like I'm not like a like a super hustler like a lot of these guys like that. Uh you seem like it though. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not though. I love my free time, man. I love playing the drums. Like I love like I love a deal. So I'll go, I'll make all the phone calls, see the bandit sign, call it. Like I'll do everything, but like it doesn't take up that much of my actual week. It's just yeah. it's just like a part, it's like something I like to do. So boom, pick up the phone and like I see a multifamily listing call, talk to the agent for half an hour, like just shoot the shit, you know, have some fun. So you're not, you're not full-time working right now. Like you have no active source of income right now. No, not at all. I don't have any. Yeah. So you just got some savings and you got (laughs) your properties, hence the partner on your properties to get a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. For the first two. Yeah. And then I actually just bought another one uh, a week ago, a triplex. Um, I did that one on my own though. Cause I was just realizing all this, (laughs) like, listen to your podcast you can finance this stuff no problem you know how'd you do that how'd you finance it so this was actually just fell in my lap um cibc once you have a couple rental properties with them you can uh you can buy another one as long as you have like a hundred grand liquid capital and then the down payment for the next house and if if the dcr works you're good the dcr works but they'll they'll combine your personal expenses so you'll need to have a personal situation that services so they'll look at your service your personal even though you have no active income and they just add your expenses in. And if it still works, you're okay. Yeah. Cause I'm self-employed. I've been self-employed for like four years or whatever. Right? Oh, so you do have a company that you can show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that helps. That helps. Okay. So yeah. you're able to show, is it a corporation or no, it's just my personal sole proprietorship. Yeah. Okay. So you've been able to show some tax returns. So you didn't volunteer the information that you weren't uh, actively uh, billing clients right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, they see I'm a musician and the music industry is tank, but I also have like the real estate and property management stuff I was doing. Okay. Well, so yeah. When you've been, you've been sending me 
um, you know, Hey, I just tied this deal up and, you know, I'm getting it under, you know, this much money. And it always seemed like you're getting these great deals. So the one you, you were, you were just scouring MLS or realtor.ca, I guess. What, what is your, what is your primary effectiveness in terms of finding deals? And I think you are also wholesaling as well. Is that true? Uh, I just, I just one, I just got that one under contract today. So um, yeah. that was just one that fell in my lap. As well. Okay. So you're not actively uh, trying no, to wholesale. No, you're more looking no. for yourself. Yeah. Cause I feel like, like I can talk this triplex through and this is exactly why I think I should just focus on acquiring uh, um, those wealth building triplexes, fourplexes, mm-hmm. because you can make so much money just right. <laughs> but where do you even find them now? Like where, where are you even finding these deals? Are you still going on realtor.ca? Yeah, you... I'll still go on. So I found this one, the triplex they just closed on, uh, in the, it was like late summer, maybe October. And, uh, I found this deal and I called them and I was just like, Hey, blah, blah. blah. And then it went off the market. It got canceled. Didn't get picked up. Um, it was a triplex, but I guess that one was an illegal triplex. So no one picked it up. But I called the guy like just, I don't know, last month or a month and a half ago. And I was like, hey, man, like uh, I was wondering if that triplex is still available. He's like, no, it's sold. But uh, he's got one next door that he wants to list. And I was like, oh, sure. Like, I'll check it out. It's like, yeah, it's a triplex. And I like went over. We went in, walked in. He wanted uh, 456 for the place. And I walked in. And I was like, I know what the rents are and what I can get. And I looked around. I was like, this place is amazing. Like, is this guy like a contractor? Oh yeah. He's a contractor. He renovated the whole place. It's like, okay, awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take this for sure. And we ended up working out. I got it under contract and just closed on the 10th. Okay. And that, are you expecting solid cash flow from this one as well? Oh yeah. This, uh, yeah, for sure. So right now the basement's rented for nine fifty. the, the front units rented for, uh, 900. And then there's a massive 1400 square foot, three bedroom unit that I'm expecting to get like $2,000 a month from. So you're going to be in the ballpark of just short of $4,000 gross rent on the place. Yeah. Would you pay to get it? Uh, four fifty six. So you're a hair under the 1% rule. That's a good start. Maybe 0.9% somewhere in there. Yeah. So the, yeah. <laughs> the kicker with this one is the same thing happened. Cause I, I got a taste of the that other place I was telling you that appraised over, uh, this place appraised at 600,000. Was so, it off? You said it was off market though. Off so you, market. Yeah. This is why, right? The second you tell the appraiser that <laughs> was off market and they, they yeah. look at it like that doesn't equate with the other ones. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so you can do the, uh, this is the thing. Okay. So let's explore this strategy a little bit uh, because I have bought a place that was immediately worth more. Um, and I just got a little lazy. So I waited a year and a half and just refinanced it and got all my down payment back out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, when this happens, what's your procedure when you know that it's worth more because the bank always says, we'll take the lesser of appraised value or the purchase and sale agreement, whatever's lower and we'll base it and give you 80% of that. But yeah. if they will allow you within what, three months, you can yeah. go back and you can just refinance it. Yeah. So why not? I, if that costs me, it does not expensive when you do it internally with the bank. So I'll just do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll refinance it right away. As soon as it closes, I call the mortgage guy. I'm like, Hey, I want to refinance this. I want that capital. So if I find another deal, we can do more business. And he's, so, he gets fired up about it. So the last one, did they, did they take the old appraisal? Like after they closed, they take that appraisal and they use that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's valid for like three months. Like you were saying, I'm pretty sure. I didn't think that they would actually reuse it though. I, I would have thought they wanted uh, a new appraisal done. Like by a different um, appraiser. 
Um, I'm not too sure. The way it's working for me is that uh, they just took the existing appraisal. That's insane. That's a free house, man. That's a free house. I was like, this is literally free. I'm trying to tell my friends. I'm like, guys, we all have to be doing this. This is this is. I got this thing that cash flows, and it was free. Like, like oh my god, that's actually amazing. So, so you'll cash flow even on that. Like, I'm just doing numbers in my own head here with the interest rates where they are. You'll probably still cash flow on a 600, like what, 700, 800 dollars a month even after um, the refi. Yeah, yeah. So, so sure. free yeah. house, seven, eight hundred dollars <laughs> a month after refi. Yeah. So the the other the thing about those those two units that are. Uh, they're rented right now, but if they turn over, when they turn over, those are like thirteen hundred. Like I was saying, thirteen hundred dollar units, and then it's just all of a sudden you got over a thousand dollars cash flow from a house that just all like <laughs> you got technically in a way for free. Yeah, well, I just using your wit and uh, <laughs> yeah. and your ability to uh, to spot a deal. So yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. So I all the same thing, just kind of keeping tabs on people and, and following up to, to find a deal. Yeah. If I see a house, I'll just stop my car and just go knock on the door. Why not? Like I hear people. You? Yeah. Like I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. Like I love talking to people. So I'll talk to the tenant for like 15, 20 minutes and be like, Oh, what's up? Like, are you from here? Oh, you're from a really, I'm from really too. I've been here forever. Yeah. Well, and we'll just hang out and I'll be like, like, is there any way to get your landlord's number? <laughs> yeah, so you just got to make friends with them. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, hey, I'll, I used to play on a cruise ship. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. Give me yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> I've been to a lot of countries. Come on, like you're cool. We're cool. You're so big, strong, and handsome. You're like, oh, come on, you're the best. Let's hang out. But awesome. So, so making friends. It's all about relationships. That's, yeah, it really uh, is. I mean, I miss I miss the days of spending more time doing that kind of thing as I've had more busyness in my life, I've made less time for that kind of thing. And that's where the the real gold happens a lot of the time. For sure. Yeah. It's not something I want to give up either. I love talking to people and hanging out with people. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Well, just, just, uh, yeah. Keep it, keep it the way you're doing it. Right. Keep it simple. Keep it at a property in, but don't, don't add complexity. Keep, keep them simple. Keep the deals simple and make sure there's cash flow. It's funny. Yeah. Once there's cash flow, it'll, it simplifies your life. You know, oh, now yeah. you can, now you can pay people to fix problems. <laughs> yeah. Whereas when there's no cash flow, you are the person that fixes the yeah. problems. Yeah, and exactly. then that's how you get very unhappy very quickly. Um, sure. so it's all, all in Aurelia for you, huh? Yeah. For now it's all here. Well, I can keep finding these deals. I may as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's actually, it's pretty incredible. So what's, what's the, obviously everything's gone through the roof. So you're saying now a purpose built triplex, you, you've seen over a million on uh, that. No, this, I think there's, there's one down the street for sale right now for seven eighty nine. Yeah. Um, so if that sells, then, then I'll just wait the <laughs> three months and pull as long as the cash flows. But on something like that, it's like 789 is that triplex like how big are the units in that end of triplex like that uh that's i think the one's small the one's like 500 square feet and then the basement's seven so 500 700 and then there'd be one other 700 or something like that no, that the other one three bedrooms like 1400 or 15 okay so. yeah so so they're splitting five seven and, and 1400 so what you're like 2500 yeah around i think it's like 1900 square feet and then that doesn't oh plus the basement yeah Yeah. plus the basement yeah okay so what kind of gross rents do you figure they're getting on that triplex or would get uh down the street yeah for i I don't know so for a three bedroom you could probably get eighteen hundred dollars um if it's in reasonable shape a two bedroom sixteen hundred bucks fifteen hundred bucks and a one bedroom twelve fifty 
there's a, a big housing crisis here. And really, there's not enough places for mm-hmm. people to live. If I put an ad up, I'll have uh, yeah. literally like an ad, like one mm-hmm. ad in three days, five days, 3,000 people view the ad. And there's only 30,000 people in the city. Like 10% of the population in a way <laughs> is looking yeah. at yeah, I mean, just the numbers you just wrapped up, it's it's not that bad. Like rents are like 0. 0.7 or 0. 0.65 on the uh, on the actual uh, purchase price compared to the purchase price. So you're going to you're going to get cash flow on that, especially yep. at these interest rates. Yeah, like, for sure. Is that still for sale? Uh, the triplex down the road? I th- yeah. believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the cat's not fully out of the bag. In no, Aurelia yeah. yet. So no. it really is not Barry pricing. It's not, it's not uh new market pricing. Not no, but we could right? use Barry when you're here and you're investing in Aurelia and you have like, we have a lot of industry coming here. I can use Barry as the perfect little crystal time, time thing to be like, Oh, that's what's happened in Barry. How many years until it comes here? Yeah. Well, it's the pond <laughs> and the ripples, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The rock exactly. has landed. It's just ripples. Um, what is the industry there? Like, what do you like about Aurelia? What don't you like? Uh, so I think it's pretty diverse right now. Hydro One started investing here. Um, they're projected to put like two or three hundred million dollars in the short-term economy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're making these big uh, control grids. The OPP headquarters is in Aurelia. Um, the population's so small. There's a there's a college and a university. It, it's there's a massive casino but that's there's other yeah. places getting casinos now. But yeah, yeah, the Casino Rama, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, we have uh, family friends like from when I was a kid that uh, moved up there and they started, uh, they bought a trailer park and then they started Lazy Acres uh, RV sales. Oh, nice. I, th- I think they're like one of the biggest uh, RV sales um, in uh, Ontario. Oh, right. Out of Aurelia. Good so there's one more, one more uh, piece of industry there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, that's hey, that's got to be a hot market right now. I mean, everybody seems to want to spend on leisure in Canada because traveling is not a great option right now. So yeah. um, this is why Airbnb, I think you would have probably crushed it if you had done that, that cottage as Airbnb. Yeah, that would have, it would have been good. But like leaving that much money in the deal mm-hmm. for me when I just had bought that uh, like four unit plus two room building, like I, I saw what I did there and I was like, holy, like if I just had the capital, all the capital that's in that, I could just roll that snowball and keep it keep it well, like ride the wave up kind of thing. Why not yeah. do that? So how much more do you have to deploy right now? Cause you've sunk. Well, actually you're getting all your money back out of all of these. So I'm growing just- <laughs> my, like my, ca- my liquid capital is just growing and growing. I'm like, this is insane. Like I'm telling you, I'm telling my friends, I'm like, guys, we like everyone has to be doing this. I'm like, I'm literally a musician <laughs> and I'm like the bank account is just growing. It's awesome. Yeah, that, that's not a common thing for most musicians, but you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're, you're taking advantage of, of like a structural flaw in the way the system is designed, right? Because the, because of the way we're printing the money, you know, there's only so many places to live and you have yeah. more dollars chasing these houses. And this is where the housing crisis is happening. As you've pointed out, it's happening across Ontario. There just yeah, aren't enough houses. So if you're one of the uh, few lucky ones that owns a lot of property, you can, you can be really benefiting right now. Yeah, for yeah. sure. What do you, uh, so what do you want to get this to? What's, what's your goal and your kind of longer term plan? <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, I just, yeah, I don't really know. I, I want to just keep scaling it up and basically see where I can, how far I can get it. If I just keep doing what I'm doing until things open up and I can start playing gigs in the city or gigs on a ship or in a hotel and like, I don't know, career or something like that. Just scale and scale and scale until I get there and then hand the keys over to a property manager and let the portfolio go while I play drums. Well, I don't know what the legalities of coming across the border and working down here will be. If you want to, 
you could play at seed to table the grocery store down the street from me um we, <laughs> we went and saw a band on friday actually there and uh, it was just packed you wouldn't That's believe awesome. it it's, it's like you've entered a different dimension uh, so there's like maybe a hundred people packed into uh not a very big space, like a very small area in front of the stage. That's so awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I'm... not a mask. Like this, this is just like, <laughs> again, like parallel universe. Uh, you know, you never hear about this in the news, but um, yeah, they have bands all the time. So maybe you can come down here and entertain us. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would love to be down in Florida right now. Oh, yeah. Although the weather's that, getting nicer at home. Yeah, that's true. Between that and like the Florida Panthers games that I'd be going to. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you been to one yet? Or are you a hockey fan? I do, I do follow hockey a little bit, but no, I mean, when I got down here, I'm like, yeah, just play some golf, play some tennis. And then I fractured my foot and oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I can, I can walk around now though. So I'm, I'm quite fortunate. So just as of like kind of half a week ago, I kind of ditched the crutches and now I can just walk on the boot. So nice. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a fashion statement and it helps me walk. So yeah, you used to have that wicked whip, the <laughs> that little cart, to put your leg on. Yeah, no, I still that have that. So if I'm going further, I'll, I'll use that. It kind of hurts the knee. <laughs> but uh, anyways, Chris, uh, any anything you would want to volunteer kind of as information here that we didn't cover that you think would be valuable? You've obviously listened to a lot of the podcasts, so you know kind of the way I try and get at value on this thing. Um. No, I'm not too sure. Yeah. If you ever, yeah. if anyone ever wants to reach out and just talk or bounce an idea off me, not that I think I would know any kind of answer, but just like, yeah. yes, send me, send me a message. I'm always open to chat with people, especially about real estate. Uh, I don't have yeah. enough investing friends, so I would, I would love to just chat. And if you're thinking about Aurelia, give me a call. I've lived here like my entire life. So I know every area, I know the whole, yeah. I know the city. Like, <laughs> if you're ever thinking, yeah, don't be shy. Send me a message. My Instagram handle, I just changed it for this. <laughs> just to start producing more content is just the uh investing drummer investing drummer so just yeah. the investing drummer or investing, investing drummer? drummer yeah okay yeah i'll i'll put that in the show notes so people can reach you directly perfect and uh, you're the you're the guy that hit the ground running real fast so uh so what's uh what's your tip for somebody who's sitting on the sidelines and maybe not not quite sure what they want to do next uh, just, just start doing stuff. Like, why not? If you see the bandit sign, call it, see who's on the other line. If you, if you see a house that you think, Oh, I wonder if they would sell that. Just knock on the door. Like it doesn't, it's it don't get in your own head. Just start doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then follow up on those leads. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You get a right, number, yeah. call it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just kind of motor through and start going. Yeah. Something you know, one of the things I think worked for me is it's not, at one point you've just got to start, like like you've said, because you won't have all the answers. But if you've done enough pre due diligence, and this is not advice, so anybody no, don't hold me to that. It's not advice, but you do need to start. And like for me, I'm looking at it down here. I'm looking at stuff, and I'm like, well, there aren't any perfect deals, but I'm pretty sure the perfect deals don't really exist, and or at least they don't show themselves until you've done a, a you know kissed a few frogs. <laughs> yeah. So you know, at some point you just go you say, oh, you know what? I know enough and I've made enough contacts that I can fill in the gaps as they arise. And I think mm-hmm. that when you feel like you're at that point, that's when you pull the trigger and go, but uh, everybody's going to experience that differently. So anyways, that's my tangent. I know it's your, we're interviewing you here. So <laughs> no, no, you're, you're right. I like it. <laughs> anyways. Okay. Well, Chris, this was, uh, this is awesome. Um, you know, thanks for sharing all this stuff with me. Like you kept, you kept shooting me that stuff on Instagram. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> I, yeah, dude, I just get so fired up and I don't have enough people that get like, Cause I don't want to like send it to some people cause they just think I'm bragging or something, but I'm just fired up about like, I'm like, yeah. this is awesome. 
and I don't have enough people to. So I'm like, you know what? This guy hosts yeah. a podcast. I, I listen to all his podcasts. I'm just going to fire him over to him. He's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly, uh, I'm always interested if you got stuff, uh, send it my way. Is there, is there a way people like, do you know, property management, local stuff and all that? Like if people wanted to start investing up in Aurelia, you'd be able to kind of yeah, direct yeah, them? for sure. Yeah. I can give you any resource I have. Send me a DM. I'll, I'll hook you up with everything I got. Cool, man. Well, Hey, anyone listening, there's no reason not to take them up on that. So, um, all right, man, this is awesome. And, uh, look forward to watching the, the progress continue. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Andrew. I appreciate it. And thanks for your podcast and that calculator that you got or the spreadsheet. Unbelievable. Everyone download that spreadsheet and just every single house you see do that. Use that. Yeah, it's good. It puts things in perspective, right? Once you, and I do that too. And I start working backwards on the sheet. I'm like, what, what's a way to simplify this? If I can see rents at this level, I know this deal will satisfy. Like I'll just start, <laughs> I just started that. That's where like the 1% rule idea came from is just like a quick hack shortcut that you can do to just quickly size up a property to see if it'll work. So, yeah, sure. and then of course the spreadsheets, the more elaborate once you're, you're double checking, yeah, but uh, sure. cool, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I'll look forward to continuing that to watch your journey. Awesome. Thanks. Take it easy, Andrew. You too. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide, help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one. Uh-huh.